Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Everybody good? Are you good even though your team didn't win last night? I didn't mean to bring that up. That's my fault. You know what? Hey, I'm just, I'm just here for you guys. to encourage you. If you are down, the Lord's about to just encourage, encourage your butt. How about that? All right. Did I wake you up? All right. Just a nice little butt tap from the Lord. Sorry, I was uh, in sports a really, really long time, so <clears throat> nothing like an encouraging. I won't say it again. I don't want to make it feel awkward. All right. Hey, no, I really am excited to be here with you today, get to share, because uh, I'm, I'm pretty full coming into this Sunday. I, I just got back from a little retreat, men's retreat, I guess you could call it, with a couple of key leaders in our churches uh, out, of, uh, out of Lubbock and out of Midland. We had 21 guys uh, go to Wyoming over this last week. We were there from Monday to Friday and uh, just had an amazing time. We went to this place called The Refuge. Uh, I'd encourage you to look it up. It's a it's a, an amazing place. They, the whole ministry, they've got a location in Montana and Wyoming, and uh, their whole ministry is to serve those who serve others. Their goal is to keep, to keep leaders, keep pastors, business leaders in the game, um, to keep them healthy, to keep them going. And, um, you know, there's some, there's some research that has come out uh, that, that is, is quite concerning. Um, over 45% of pastors would, would say that they would, they would go to another job if they had one and that they actually plan to leave ministry in the next two to three years. That's kind of what, what and, and I think that even goes across the board uh, for just leaders in general. It's just, it's just tough to lead. It's tough to lead people and tough to run a business and all that. And so this place is there to keep guys that are leading, that are pastoring in the game. And uh, man, it, it, is, it is a really, really special place. We, uh, th- this place in Wyoming that we went to, uh, it, it's kind of down in this hole. I mean, it's down in this, uh, like cavern and there's, there's a, um, uh, uh, not cavern, but a Canyon. And there's this river that goes through it where we go fly fishing. They've got a pond to go fly fishing. Um, you do have to be somewhat good to catch something because it was very, very difficult fishing this trip. But the best part of the whole place is that there is no cell phone service. So no messages come in. There is no scrolling your Instagram or Facebook. Uh, there is no emails that come in. And it's, it's like when you get down there, after you get to about day two, it's like you've been transported to a whole, whole nother realm. You're just in another world. And you got a chef on site. When I say we went into the, into the wilderness, it's not like we were roughing it. Let me just say that, all right? I was suffering for the gospel, but we were definitely not rough, roughing it. Um, but we were there and... Man, it's, you're just in this beautiful place. They're serving you. You get to take off the hats that you carry as pastor, as, as husband, as father, responsibilities, business leader. They all kind of come off. And inevitably what happens in these settings is guys start to get very real with one another. I mean, not to say you ladies aren't created for this too, but especially men. We're created to be out in the woods. Like when we... As pretty boy as some of you are, you're created to be out in the woods. It don't matter how tight your skinny jeans are, you were created to be out in the woods. And there's just something that happens. You get out there and, man, the, the, the exact same thing happened with this trip. And we're sitting around the tables at night. We're having table talk and asking questions like, what are you passionate about? What, what heavy weight are you carrying? 
What burden are you carrying right now? Well, what's it going to take to keep you in the arena, to keep you in the game, to keep you being the husband you're called to be and the, the pastor you're called to be? And, I mean, we're having some great questions and great conversations. And what, what happens is guys start to get, they start to get real. The, the mask starts to come off, so to speak. And you know what begins to happen in these moments? Because I've seen it time and time again, year in, year out. All of a sudden, God starts to show up and he starts to move. It literally happens every single time. And there seems to be something that invites that movement. There seems to be something that invites the healing that only comes from God, the freedom that we find in God, the, the, the moments where he reveals something in our life that shouldn't be there, and, and, and we, we, we kind of correct it and, and, and see it and move on. There, there, there's one thing that I believe invites the, 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 the move of God into our life, and it's me and you being real. See, at this moment, on this trip, and in many trips I've been a part of, something happens. We begin to get encouraged, and we also begin to get corrected. You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like discipleship. It's discipleship. And here's what I believe. The level of your realness will determine the level of the way that you get discipled. The level of your realness determines the level of your discipleship. It actually, is, it actually takes us getting real for us to truly get discipled. Amen? Amen? I'll, read, I'll, I'll say it this way. You can't be discipled if you aren't known. And you can't be known if you're not real. I want to talk to you about this today. I want to talk to you about what it looks like to be real. Look at your neighbor and say, be real. Come on, anybody else tired of doing church? Let me say it this way. Anybody else tired of playing church? We're all really, really good, myself included, at playing church. We put on the nicest clothes. We come to church and we see, our, we see the first person. And we're like, hey, brother, how are you doing? Good. Are you great? Is it the greatest day of your life? Yeah, me too. Come on, let's be honest. It's not the greatest day of your life every time you come to church on Sunday. Sometimes you walk in and you're ticked off. Sometimes you walk, you walk in and you're like, I have no idea what to do with those little kids running around my house. I have other words, but those kids running around my house, they're driving me absolutely nuts. Thank God. The only reason I came to church today is so someone else would take care of them. <laughs> I don't even really plan to worship. In fact, I'm going to drop them off and leave and go get a coffee with my wife. I don't know. <laughs> By the way, you're not allowed to do that in this church. Okay. <laughs> it's a great idea, but you're not allowed to. <clears throat> it's like we we have, to, we have to start to learn how to be real. Real Christians, real, real godly people, real with one another. Why? Why is it so crucial that we become real? Because in our realness, God starts to move. That's when, he starts to be, that's when we start to get disciple. And we're actually going to see that today in the life of Peter. So um, <clears throat> I want to title the message, Keep It Real. Let's pray. God, we, uh, we just ask you right now that you'd help us to just get real, to keep it real. Be real about our walk with you to be authentic, to be genuine. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would reveal um, just places in our life where we're performing and not being real. And um, yeah, just help us, shape us, mold us today with your word. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. 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 
You know, I, I think if there's a person in Scripture, especially one of the disciples, that was most real, it was Peter. Peter was crazy. <laughs> he, 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 just, he just had a way... He just, he just was what he was. You know what I'm saying? He, Peter was kind of one of those guys, if, when, you, when you start to read scripture, he was one of those guys that, that spoke before he thought. Anybody else know someone like that? Don't look at them. Just look at me and raise your hand, all right? <laughs> they just kind of, they just, just stuff comes out of their mouth before they really think. This was Peter. And this is what he did constantly. And, uh, but you see in his life, there were moments when he was strong. There were moments when he was weak. There were moments when he said something super genius. There were moments where he did just really dumb stuff. Why are we able to read about Peter and see that? Because he was real. Peter didn't hide. He wasn't fake. He kind of said what he meant and he meant what he said. He kind of just was who he was all the way to the end that I'm going to show you about. <clears throat> So if you have your Bible, open to Matthew chapter 16, because we're going to read two stories, uh, two occasions of, of Peter where um, he kind of nails it, and the next one, not so much. So uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, says this, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? This is Jesus talking to his disciples. So who do men say that I am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Insert Peter. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. Isn't it interesting that when, when Jesus figured out who God was, he, he, Peter figured out who he was. He said, and I say also to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, let's go to the next story, next scene. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. This is the story we all remember about Peter. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. That had to feel great. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. All right, so what do we see here in these two stories? Well, um, I think we see some boldness. We see some courage. We see Peter getting it right in one instance, getting it wrong in the other. We see a moment where he's an absolute genius. You're the son of the living God. You're the Messiah. And the next occurrence, we see him say something really dumb. I love, I love the progression of the stories because it lets us know that Peter actually knew who Jesus was when he tried to correct him. Because the story right before it, he's like, you're the, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. 
And then, so, so when, when, when Peter grabs Jesus, he's literally, he, he literally knows he's grabbing the Christ, grabbing the Son of the living God and pulling him aside and saying, hey man, I think you missed it on this one. It's not like he was confused about who Jesus was. He knew exactly who he was. Jesus was saying, you're right, I am the Messiah. I'm gonna go suffer. Can you imagine being in the room, Jesus telling all the disciples, this is what's going to, going to happen, and Peter waits till he's done. He's like, ah, Peter. Or she's like, Peter's like, Jesus, uh, let's have a chat. Hey, man, that's not going to happen. <laughs> what? But you also can't forget about what he did in the first story. Because he was bold enough to stand up and say, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever considered this thought before when reading that story. It was a lot for Peter to say that he was the Messiah. I mean, they had been waiting for Jesus for a long time. And he had not necessarily revealed himself all the way. This is why he, he came and he was talking to the disciples and he was like, who are people saying that I am? And, and then he asked the question, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? You see, for, I don't know about you, but when God reveals something to you, you can be 99.5% sure, but none of us are walking around always 100% sure that that was the Lord that spoke. Unless we're just repeating scripture, if we get revelation from on high, which is what Peter did, remember Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't tell you this, it was my father. Peter was a real dude. And he may have been 99.5% sure he was the Messiah. But 0.5% thought, I could be missing this one. And he stands up with confidence and he stands up with boldness and said, he doesn't say, man, I kind of feel like you're the Christ. Waiting for like a little bit of a nod from Jesus, like, yeah, keep going, you got it right. <laughs> he said, you are the Christ. What do we see in these two stories? Well, number one, we see Peter being very bold. We see him be, being very courageous. We see Peter not being afraid to speak up. I think more than anything else, we see him being real. We, we may never know, but it was to, to argue my point today, he may not be as bold as we think he is. He may just be super real. He wasn't afraid to say what he believed. He wasn't afraid to say what he thought. One time, nailed it. The other time, crash landing. but I want you to notice the result. Notice what happened on both occasions. He was real and he went for it. On one occasion, he was encouraged and prophesied to by the one and only Jesus. Can you imagine hearing? Flesh and blood didn't, re didn't, didn't reveal that to you, Blake. The Heavenly Father did, and it's Jesus talking. And then Peter starts to prophesy over him. Your name's Peter, and on this rock I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And then he keeps going and says, and I'm going to give you some power too. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I guarantee you Peter was really, really glad that day he was real and spoke up. You know what the other result was? He missed it and got corrected. Guess what? Both were beneficial to Peter. He got encouraged in one, and he got corrected in the other. 
Both helped Peter. Both discipled Peter. What is discipleship? It's encouragement and correction. And he found both in two stories. And I would argue with you today. Actually, I don't want to argue. I want to implore you that this is what happened. You know what invited discipleship into Peter's life? Realness. The dude was flipping real. He was just real. It kept going on through his whole life. Mount of Transfiguration, not sure where it happened in the story, but remember there was one dude that just spoke up when he shouldn't have. Guess who it was? Peter. Like, God, this is awesome. Let's build some stuff. God from heaven's like, Peter, shut up. That's my translation. It's like, Peter, this is a holy moment, man. I know you're passionate, but just rein it in, bro. We see at the end of Jesus' life, they're coming to grab Jesus, take him away. Who's the one guy that takes his sword out and starts chopping ears off? Peter. Jesus has to correct him again. Hey, man, put your sword up. Hey, dude, here's your ear. All right, we're good. Some Holy Spirit glue. Um, like, he, he just, Peter was just, him, he just stayed himself. Hear me today, we need to be a lot more like Peter. We need to look more like him. We need to act more like him. We need to be people who are real. That we're not afraid to speak up and look dumb. That we're not afraid to talk about spiritual matters we may not all the way understand. That we're not afraid to, 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 to actually miss it and get corrected and rebuked by him or a spiritual leader or actually risk it and get it right and get encouraged like never before. I'm not saying that it's easy, but I am saying that it's true life. It's time to be real. See, we got to keep it real. It's so easy not to. It's very easy not to keep it real. Life has a, a, a way of, <clears throat> you know, everyone else is kind of performing around you, so you kind of perform too to, to, to keep up with everybody and you know, you don't want to bring the room down if you tell them what's really going on. And the list goes on and on of all the, way, all the ways and the reasons and the walls that we put up to, to, to kind of perform and not be real. But I'm telling you, real life is in you actually being real. As someone who pastors people and has been for a long time, and most of my days are spent around people, I cannot tell you how refreshing it is to be around someone who's real. Even if they cuss a little bit. I'd rather take the cuss word than the fakeness. Amen. I would. I would. Because when I get around real people like I was this week, and I start to hear real problems come across the table, oh, man, I start to feel something called life. There's life in it. There's life in it. The level of your realness determines the level of your discipleship. If Peter wouldn't have been real, he wouldn't have known, he wouldn't have learned his lesson, hey, he probably shouldn't rebuke Jesus. He just wouldn't have known. If he wasn't bold enough to say what he really believed, he may have never, he may have <clears throat> never gotten the word from Jesus that he was going to build his church upon him. Both invited God's movement in his life. Both invited growth into his life. What did? His realness. He was real. 
I, I, uh, I start to look at Scripture, and you know who, el- who else I, I think benefited from the realness of Peter? The other disciples. If you go back to the first story, really, really interesting. Jesus comes. He said, who are people saying that I am? And it says, they said. All the disciples were like, oh, they say you're John the Baptist, Elijah, some prophet. And then when he, when he hits them with the, yeah, what about you? I hope Jesus looked at them just like I just looked at you. Like, what do you say? And all of them got really, really quiet. Because it doesn't say, well, they said you're the son of the living God. It says Peter said. I kind of like to put a little life into scripture and believe some different things. You can't find it in scripture. But I'm pretty sure the other disciples got together one day and they're like, hey, listen, Jesus asked a lot of hard questions. If you don't know the answer, just be quiet and let Peter make the mistake. <laughs> He's going to say something stupid and then we'll get to learn from it and just act like we knew it the whole time. <laughs> That's not too far off. They so benefited from his, from, from his realness. They benefited from his realness and his boldness. And you will too. You'll benefit from the people around you who are real. There'll be a life that comes out of them. There'll be something that gets on you and you won't actually be able to put words to it, but it's their realness. We've had Ed Trout here before. He's a South African prophet who lives in San Antonio. My man, we get to hang out outside of church. He is the most honest and real guy I've been around. And like his honesty takes me like, it just, it catches me off guard. He'll just say something. And I'm like, oh, you were just, that was just true. I'm like, whoa, what was that? <laughs> My man's just real. People need to benefit from your realness and you need, you need to benefit from theirs. See, we're called, we're called by God to be real. I've already said this a couple times, but we look at the two stories. One, Peter got it right. One, he got it wrong. You know what we want when we speak up? You know what we want when we say what we really believe? You know what we want when we follow Jesus? We want to be right. We don't want to be wrong. Why is it hard to be real? Because we want to be right. We want people to look at us like we know what we're talking about. We want to sound spiritual. We want to present ourselves as mature in the Lord. But I, I think it's way less about being right and wrong. I think it's way more about being real and being discipled. As we read the story about Peter, we don't look at the fact that he was right here and wrong here. What you should grab from the story is he was real and he got discipled. Things worked out for Peter. Come on, do you know your Bible? Like, sorry, that sounded really mean. Do you, uh, have, you, have you read your Bible? No, um, <clears throat> it worked out for him. He led a lot of people to the Lord. He was used by God in a mighty way. Preached a message and 3,000 people get saved. Start of the church, Peter. Crazy Peter. <clears throat> so the question is, uh, what does this look like in real life? 
all, it's obviously true we should be real. You want to be real. You, deep down on the inside, you want to be real. Amen. You want to be known. Um, but what does it look like in real life? How do we walk this out practically? Two things. It starts with you being real with God, and it starts, to be, it starts with you being real with others. Real with God, real with others. Now, I'm not going to hit on being real with God um, today, but I do want to finish today's message talking to you about how to be real with others. Specifically, I believe you need to be real with spiritual family. Spiritual family in your life, the people you're running with, the people you're talking with the things of God with, the, the people who are pursuing Jesus and you're pursuing Jesus with them, those people, the people in this church, they're your spiritual family. What does it look like? It looks like you being real with those people. So how do we be real? Number one, you have to get real in conversations. It's time for you to start being real in conversations. That means that you actually tell people what you're really dealing with. It means being honest. It means being real. It means, it means telling them what you're carrying at the moment. It means not hiding behind the facade, not hiding behind this safe place. It means actually like you getting out and, and revealing the fact that like, you know what, today stinks. This whole week, this whole month has been a bunch of crap. Texas Tech keeps losing. That's bad enough to brew in my month. My kids won't behave. I'm on this dumb diet and can't have chips and salsa. It's just horrible. It's, it's, it's getting real and saying, man, my marriage is struggling. We're just not doing good. It's, it's, it's getting real around the tables that you sit and saying, man, I don't even know what I'm passionate about. I don't even know what I'm passionate about. Dude, you're like, you're like 42 years old. I know, and I still haven't figured it out. I'm saying, man, I need God to show me what to do. And it's this, these moments of realness, realness and conversation. That the Lord begins to act, and the Lord begins to move, and you actually open yourself up to the people around you to speak into the real you, to encourage, and maybe even correct and for you to actually start to get discipled. We've got to start being real in conversations. Now, if you were here last week, um, you, would, you would sit here and be like, all right, this sounds exactly opposite of what you preached last week. Because you know what I preached last week? I talked about the power of your words. When you're weak, say you're strong. Declare, de decree, release life. Sometimes you just need to open your mouth. So you're kind of like, all right, Keith, well, which one is it? Real or speak truth? Yes. Somewhere in the middle. That's where it's at. But you, you want to know how you figure out what you should do? It starts with being real, baby. <laughs> it starts with being real. Because if, if I have a buddy of mine who starts to be real, and he starts to whine, or he starts to cry, or he starts to... Yeah, grab hold and adopt a, a victim mentality, guess what? I can come to Nick and I can say, hey, dude, it's time to man up. You're not the victim. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's time to start speaking the opposite. 
And in the same breath or in a different moment, I can come and I can cry with him and say, you know what you're going through? It actually really does suck. It's hard. What you're going through right now is really, really tough. But God's actually with you. God's actually for you. You know, when I, you know why I can't say any of that? When I can't say any of that? When he never tells me anything. When he comes to coffee with me every morning or every week and never, ever reveals what's really, really going on. Come on, some of you have gotten offended at spiritual leaders because they did not read your mind. That's a lot of pressure for a guy like me. I'm just supposed to be on my game every time and just pick up on what Nancy's going through. Well, surely he, he knew. We don't. We don't. You know what our mind's on in this season? Football. Football, God, sometimes in that order. We got our own junk we're walking through. We got our own growth and discipleship that God's taking us through. We can't stop, we got to stop getting offended at people around us because when we're not even being real in the first place. It's time for you to be real. Especially with spiritual leaders in your life. Especially with them. One of the hardest places to do it, but especially with them. If you're in a conversation with a leader in your life and you disagree with what they're saying, don't just sit there and listen. Give them an opportunity to explain themselves. Be respectful. Honor the men and women of God in your life, 100%. But you, know, you do know that it's, it's okay to respectfully disagree. You do know that you don't, have, you don't have to feel like an idiot by asking more questions. This was what Peter did. He was real. I, I would encourage you to learn from Peter's life. Don't go around rebuking your spiritual leaders. But if you're sitting around, like, please just don't come up to me. If I just preach a message you don't agree with, like, you don't have to come tell me. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Go be real with someone else. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but in, in, in close proximity and at tables, around food, in homes, you're having a conversation. Like, be real. Like, man, I just don't, I don't really see it that way. Can you explain that a little bit more? I, I feel like this, 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 and this. And you might be amazed at what comes out. And guess what? It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very vulnerable for you. Because you actually might reveal another, belie- another, another lie that you're believing in that conversation. But how many of you ultimately want to get the lies out and the truth in? See, it happens with realness. Next time you're in a conversation and someone that you look up to says something amazing, don't act like you knew that truth. Don't sit there and be like, yeah, dude, that is so, I can't believe Peter and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Because as a leader, I know when you don't know. So does everyone else. Just be like, it's actually honoring to be like, I've never heard that before. That's amazing. Thank you for that. See, what we do is we will, we will agree so that we hide the fact that we didn't know the truth so that they won't think that we're immature. How do I know this? Because I've done it a bunch. We were sitting around the table in Wyoming the first night 
the guy who comes to cook, he's a chef. This dude looks like he's been through some stuff, all right? But my man can make some food. And he begins to share just the, the, what, what he believes is just how the, the, that there's actually a ministry in food and eating together. He, he made the point that when Jesus first showed up to his disciples, he didn't show up in the temple. He showed up on the beach cooking some people some food. It was an amazing little message. But he asked a couple of questions in that, in that, uh, in that setting. He's like, you know what? You know the something, something, something in scripture? And I'm like, mm-mm. And he begins to explain this whole like church culture and Jewish culture. He asks another question, begins to explain it. Like, I got a bunch of people around me who go to church with me. It could have been very easy for me to act like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, this guy's amazing. I have no idea. He ain't even a pastor. Because it's, it's okay to be real. Next time someone gets in a conversation with you, like, hey, you remember that parable, blah, 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 blah. If you don't, say, I don't, actually, I don't feel like I've ever read that before. <laughs> Is this making sense? So we gotta get real in conversations. You gotta, you gotta get honest and speak up in spiritual conversations. I get honest and speak up in spiritual conversations. Why? So you'll learn. So that other people can learn. And last but not least, you have to be genuine. You have to be genuine. <clears throat> this is funny to me, but we all kind of do this. Um, let, me, let me say this. What I'm not saying today is that, that you are real in spite of becoming Christ-like. Um, <clears throat> being real doesn't trump becoming Christ-like. It's, not, it's, it's about becoming like him more than it is about you being real. But the truth is they're not in competition with one another. Realness leads you to becoming like him. But guess what? In your journey towards him and looking like him, there will be a lot of moments where it feels fake. You've been cussing a bunch, cussed your whole life. You start to grab a hold of your mouth. You stop cussing. Guess what? It's going to feel really fake. You're going you're to have moments where you're like, oh, I sound like a dorky Christian right now. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what we, what we say instead of the real words. They're, they're, they're quite corny and hilarious. What's that? What? Oh, huh? Dad Nabbit. Shoot. Mothers and fathers. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. My gosh. See, I almost got you on that one. Y'all got real nervous. <clears throat> But there will be moments when you try to look like him. And good for you. But it will feel fake. I'm not saying that in that moment you decide, no, nope, I'm going to go ahead and drop my F-bomb because the pastor said to be real. I'm going to be real. I don't know. But it's also not on the other side, you being all high and mighty, and you hadn't been cussing for three days, and all of a sudden you become the word police everywhere you go. Like, bro, it's been three days. You made it three days and now you're an expert. 
What, where, where does, where, where's the line? What, it's a mixture. See, I, I, would, I would say this, be real and let people know. I'm trying to clean up my mouth. And if you hear something that doesn't sound right, would you correct me? If you hear things coming out of my mouth where I'm saying things that I just should not and I need to be declaring truth, would you help me? So here you are becoming Christ-like, but you're being real about the process. You're just real about the process. Man, I'm struggling being kind to my wife and being loving to my wife and my kids. All right, man, thanks for letting me know. I'll help you. Man, I did good this week. Man, this week I did not. But we're not hiding anywhere. We're being real. Would you stand to your feet? Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.